This is Dollars and Sensibility with Tom Stone. And we're gonna talk about what you really want. And at the end of the day, how to get what you really want is to understand money. Guild Mortgage, NMLS number 3274, Tom Stone, NMLS number 257849. The information contained in these podcasts are for educational purposes only and do not necessarily express the opinions of Guild Mortgage. Welcome to another episode, another show of dollars and sensibility. My name is Tom Stone, and I want this one to be about what I call the headache factor. I believe this is a quantifiable and financial as well as emotional factor to be considered. You've heard me for, I think I'm on 20 something or 30 episodes at this point, talking about how fantastic it is to own real estate and the mathematical equations behind it that make total sense that we should invest in real estate. Not one of those things would I ever discount or disagree with my own self or anyone else who's talked about it. I firmly believe that real estate has the advantage. I'm not saying it should be the only thing. I think we should do that as well as stocks and bonds, maybe gold and silver. That's all good. Nothing's bad. Uh, certainly in yourself and your own business, but real estate is so phenomenal in the three places that you can get a return on your investment, where you can get rents, where you can get appreciation and a tax deduction. Those are the three things that I'm not sure any of the others really could do all those. Well, and the fourth thing is really income forever. It doesn't go away. Now, certainly someone could say, well, that house or that commercial property didn't rent wells or, or it was different. Okay. There are location, 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 three most important things to consider when you do real estate, like anything else, if you invest wisely and in a nice area, then certainly those three things are considered, but I love real estate. I've seen it work for my clients and for myself. I'm on 30 years now. Okay. But I want to talk about the headache factor. Why? We got to have full disclosure. We're going to understand what we're getting ourselves into. Some people go in with such a rosy glasses that then they say, well, what, what, wait a minute, how come that happened or whatever? So the headache factor is also maybe the watch out for us. Just make sure you're aware of kind of situation. And I'm going to speak both on a residential level and a commercial level. So uh, I don't know if it's like, you know, number one, two, three, four, five, most important or hardest or whatever. Let's just kind of go through. Let's just make sure we go through a list of things that you say, okay, I got to make sure I consider all of the things that might become and or are a headache factor. So number one, let's go down those three income things. So the rent. Is renting a property a headache? Certainly can be, uh, particularly if you have a bad tenant. I would, and maybe we'd go down these, these lists and lines and go down the, the lines of what you have to look for because you do want to vet out and you do want to have some qualifications. For example, in a residential, highly recommend that you do first, last, and security deposits. If they won't do that, they're probably not, you have more likelihood of having a problem with them paying their full rent down the road. And if they have uh, some money on the line, certainly a thousand bucks up to $5,000, in my opinion, in case of repairs, they're going to be a little more aware and make sure that the property is taken care of, at least in a better option. Everything's, you want to do an odds. So the odds are if they're putting that much money. So think about that. If rent's $2,000 a month, 
and a you know one to five thousand dollar security deposit, and you want two months up front, first and last, and you want security, you're talking about a four, five, six, seven, eight thousand dollar check up front. Someone would certainly say, ah, oh, but what if they can't afford it? That's a lot of money. And I hear that especially from people who are in that position, people who own property, they just, ah, if I can do that to people, okay. I'm going to probably tell you right there, you probably shouldn't be a landlord. You can be, but your headache factor is going to be much higher. So first, last, and security gets you the highest level of return on investment and least amount of headache factor. Okay, critical. Secondly, if they're late, you charge them so that they know on time is on time. Now, I have learned that if you say, hey, I want to set it up on a ACH where it actually comes out of their checking account on a certain day every month or a QuickBooks uh, what, uh, email that shows them, hey, click on this, you can pay. That's been awesome for me to have clients get that. People need to be reminded. And so just so you know, this is another thing that people understand. So you get an invoice in the mail or you get something in the mail that says, hey, you need to make this payment. Well, when someone has said, hey, I didn't get that in the mail, they use that as an excuse. Just so you know, when it comes down to it, they don't have to do that. If you don't make your payment and the reason for it, and I should say your tenant, not you, but if somebody doesn't make their payment because they didn't get the invoice in the mail or the statement on the right time, it's still your responsibility per the contract for the due date. And that's something people have to learn the hard way. So be aware of that. But on the flip side, as a landlord, you want to make sure that that just doesn't happen. So it is to our best interest to have the payments on time. So that's why we do send the invoices. Just know two sides of that. So you're helping them out to make sure they get reminded and to make sure it's on time. And if it's late, make sure you have that policy. So that's, that's how that goes. And then, and then the other thing I want to say about, I just go down this, this pathway of appreciation or taxes. I just cannot fathom these people who rent out their properties, sometimes their own personal house, basements, and they're like, I don't want to pay taxes on it. Well, again, I have a viewpoint that some of those don't, but man, that's income. If you go to qualify for a loan, you're shooting yourself in the foot, so they say, because you don't have that income to show. And guess what? Because you can write off all the expenses and you have a depreciation factor, you likely don't even show an income. People don't always realize that. Uh, I had someone, my daughter, my own daughter, who rents out her house for, for a decent amount. She, she gets 3600 bucks a month and she makes a profit of over 1000 bucks a month. Well, she showed a loss on her taxes. So it actually was an advantage. So that's a piece I want people to understand. Ah, but then it shows an income. I might have tax consequences. Honestly, if you get to that point, congratulations. But first of all, it's just honest, to be honest on your taxes. And then secondly, it rarely does hurt you, certainly in the way you're thinking. And thirdly, it benefits you because you're, inevitably you're going to want to be investing in the next something, qualifying for the next something property. And that income will, will always help you in doing that. So that's one thing I'd say to that. Some of the things I've asked my clients about with their headache factors, for example, I was just I was just getting my hair cut from one of them. I, I have a client that cuts my hair and I do mortgages for her. She made the comment, oh, that she's done it 20 years now. She does residential. Well, now we have it in our contracts that if you flush anything besides, and she lists the things, if you flush feminine products, if you flush diapers, if you flush other things like that, and we have to come in and get the pipe cleaned out, it's your payment, your pain. 
or, or, the, or the fault, I should say, of the system, then of course we'll pay for it. These are things that from experience, you've, they've put in their contracts and always set the expectation up front so somebody knows what to expect. It's when you run into these situations and go, hey, it's not my problem. And then you find a diaper. She goes, we found a diaper. Someone flushed a full plastic <laughs> diaper down the toilet. She's like, how did I not know that? Well, put in the contract. Even write it down and just say, oh, this might be silly, but let's just make sure we have these scenarios and situations. All right. So headache factor. I'm going to just maybe go all over the place right now. I'm going to run to commercial. I spent the last two Fridays on a phone call with attorneys over property line disputes. Property line disputes are quite more frequent than you think, I should say. And I don't think they're all the time because once it settles in, it settles in. But in this case, on, on a commercial property, especially on Main Street, where you're literally wall-to-wall, -wall, there's no give or take. It's literally wall-to-wall -wall or even sharing of a wall. Then there is, hey, where's the line go? I think it's here. I think it's here. And the reason it's such a big deal is that uh, my neighbor put a sign on my wall. And that neighbor says, that's not your wall. That's my wall. Well, what do you do in that position? Right. So you have a conversation about it, gets, you know, some very particular understandings where they're coming from, where you're coming from. And then you analyze it. Is this something that you fight for or is this something that you don't? How much of a headache factor do you want to go through with this situation? Could I win? Could I not win? And winning a lawsuit, by the way, is one thing. But winning a neighbor is so much different. Do you give up that one to say, hey, there's some other things I want to work through as neighbors? And a little bit of a give and take. It depends on the scenario. In this situation, I think there's a whole lot of giving on my part and a whole lot more taking on the other, but they're in a spot. So what do I do? Headache factor. What is it? How is it measured? And are you willing to do it? So let's go back to this again. So is real estate a fantastic investment? Oh, again, I've got history upon history, but you'll hear uh, the ladies in my office here, the mortgage office, that every so often I'll say, today is fire sale day. And what I mean by that is, you know, everything I got's for sale. My goodness, I'm tired of it today. And it usually is a result of somebody's door is squeaking. Uh, there is a leak in the roof and we can't find it. Um, the garbage can wasn't locked. And so the, the neighborhood, especially in springtime, is loading up your garbage cans with their spring cleaning. By the way, that's against the law. If you didn't know that it's against the law to use someone else's garbage can for garbage, but they think that because it's a commercial location, they can put garbage in there. And that's like, Oh, do that. How dare you do that? Well, then you have your tenants saying, Hey, I have no room to put my stuff. And then you have this garbage left on the sides and stuff. I'm kind of going on this because this is all stuff that happens to me. Right. And then parking, you know, Hey, these people are parking in our spot. I don't have this, have time to go there. <laughs> and so, I guess you have to realize in the role of a landlord or a property owner that you're renting out is that you're, you're the parent, you're the parent and you got to be able to analyze and realize that when someone's mad, they always have a point. They always are coming from some that somewhere and the magic potion here. Remember I told you it's financial and emotional. The emotional is everybody has to be heard. You've got to listen to them. Now, if it's somebody who keeps going, then you better have that contract written out and say, Nope, sorry, your rent's late. And back to, again, my clients and their advice, they're like, I can't be nice. I'm like, 
hard and fast when it comes. I used to be nice and I always got ran over and I'd always take advantage. So I can't be nice. Your rent's due. It's due this time. This is what we do. This is what we don't do. Again, if that's not your personality, hire someone to do it for you. If you don't want to hire someone to do it for you, don't get into real estate. At least the rental side of things. Now let's compare the rental side of things to I'm gonna I'm gonna buy land. Even water rights, I guess you could throw on there, but let's say land because I don't have to deal with people. Well, there's certainly you just took out a headache factor for sure. That hey, I don't have to deal with that. By the way, you got still property line disputes, just so you know. But let's just say you don't have to collect the rents and those kind of things. But then you just took out a huge factor of income. You don't have that third income source. You definitely have appreciation and you probably don't really have a tax deduction either because it's just raw land sitting there. You could have it farmed if it's like an alfalfa field or wheat field of some sort. But what I've seen is, yeah, the appreciation factor is there and maybe you develop it down the road. It's certainly good. But And if you're cool waiting on it for that period of time that's going to take, usually years, cool. That's fine. You don't want that headache factor, but realizing that you're missing out if you don't, you know, if you buy a, a home, if you buy a fourplex, a triplex, a duplex, and you want to rent that out to a commercial property, it's about the income, in my opinion. It's about the fact that I just put some money into a property and someone else is paying for it, and I don't. In fact, I not only do they pay for it, but I get an income off of it. Remember, too, the other principle is opium, other people's money. And other people's money is usually and best the bank. People say, I'm going to go to get an investor. We've talked about this. I'm going to just bring it up again. An investor is not a bad idea. Partner is not a bad idea. Just realize that they usually want 10, 20, 30, 40, 50% of ownership, of tax deduction, of income, of appreciation. If you go to a bank and get that loan, they usually want four, five, six, seven percent interest annually. That's also a tax deduction. The other people's money factor that's best is a bank. And people sit there and talk about, oh, I don't want to pay 7%. So I'm going to get, I'm going to get a partner. I'm going to get some investors. Just realize you're giving up 25, 30%, 40, 50% versus a six or 7% or eight, even that is a tax deduction. So just be careful. I think the best other people's money is a bank and headache factor. The least headache factor between those two is the bank. The bank wants their money. The bank wants their payment, but a partner also might be changing their minds. They might want to get out more before than you do, or they just think differently. You just risk that. Now, by the way, I have partners in some of mine and I don't in others. So it certainly depends on who and all those variables. And a partner can, by the way, expand some, when you get, you know, one property, you want to have 20, a partner can make that more possible quickly. In fact, that throws in another thing. It's called time is money. So if you want to build a little faster, a partner might come along. But another principle of other people's money and headache factor, if you can do it yourself, uh, I would recommend it. Okay. By the way, you can see there's never just one answer, but I just want to have clarification of going through that. So, so is the headache factor worth it? Is the headache factor of owning a piece of real estate where you have to collect rents? Well, by the way, let's just talk about maintenance. If you have to maintain them, because it costs money, especially when you have these things that are leaking roofs, snow removal, uh, heaters, dishwashers, 
and so forth and so on, going out, not working anymore, who's taking care of that? And if it's you, yeah, that's your bottom line for sure. Is that a headache factor or is that just part of running a business? I'll let you choose, but it's part of running a business just so you know. But is the headache factor worth it? I think you should put a calculable, is that a real word? You should put a value to it. That's better. But calculable sounds like I'm trying hard, I guess. To that, a headache factor. And you literally put a number to it. And you say, okay, my headache factor is time, by the way, meaning that I have to spend some time to do that. So separate it. So if you have a category of, hey, this is how much it's going to cost for repairs this year. I'm going to have to pay a person to come fix stuff and the parts. So maybe it's 10 grand a year, five grand a year, 100 grand a year, depends on your property. Let's say it's 10 grand a year that you've just set aside for something just like when you buy a car. You have to buy tires, you might have to get some oil changes, those kind of things. It's just, and maintenance is always better in the budget than fixing broken things. So don't, minim, don't cheat yourself on that. Get that HVAC system checked every year. Get the water line or whatever else you think might be whatever. Are they doing soft water, hard water? There's so many variables. Just maintenance is cheaper, I promise. It comes out of your pocket right now and you're like, ah, I could have saved that. But maintenance is always cheaper. So I would do a 10,000 or 5,000, some sort of number. And of course, once you've had a few years under your belt, you can say the average. The last five years, I've spent this amount of money on repairs, maintenance. And then you want to look at what's happened to inflation. And you want to add that same number. So if inflation is now at 3 or 4 or 5 or 6%, I would take your $10,000 times it by 6%. So $10,600 instead of 10 and every year it goes up. So that's that's how you account for making sure you don't get surprised. You always watch that inflationary factor. And by the way, your rents should go up accordingly as well. Keep that in mind. That helps your headache factor. But then you want to put your time in there and say, and if you could keep track of it over the next couple, three years, you'd be that much farther ahead. But how much time does it take you to deal with these situations? So for me, I still do all of my own property maintenance all of it. And I have 45 tenants. Yeah, I know. Everyone's like, why are you doing that? I have a full-time job as well. So why? Well, because I've got really good people. I got people that check the buildings, clean the buildings, fix all my stuff for me. So I know all the people they're on my phone. I just simply send them a text. Hey Mike, these are the things that broke. He's like, got it. So he gets me a text a handful of days later, one to whatever, and say, fixed, here's my bill. And I go, thank you very much. So, and if I say to someone else, can you do that? What I found was a lot of people would say, hey, I did this, are you okay with it? So I haven't found that place or, or situation yet that I don't have to worry about it at all. I'll get there. But headache factor, is that is that worth it to me? Usually there's a learning curve and there's a how a person communicates that you have to get used to. Sometimes one communicates more than the other, but you also have to describe, I don't want to text knowing, hey, here's what's happening. Here's what's going on. I want to know just when it got done. Or you may want to know. So how much time am I spending? To me, if I total up all of my hours and I'm like about an hour to two hours a week, I'm cool with that. Now, some of those hours, like right now dealing with attorneys and thinking some things are unfair is a little more intense. But then I sit back and I go, oh, my properties have appreciated this much. My taxes um, came in at a better number because and my rents went up. And my cash flow is, okay, it's worth my time. 
fact, I probably want to say that too. You want to have your spreadsheets. You want to have your numbers. You want to have your calculations fresh, up to date, and ready to go so you can always look at them and tell you that you're doing well or that you're not. Because if you don't, that's a huge headache factor. If you look at, you just charge rents the way they were in the last two years. By the way, I've been, I got caught on a couple of them. Here's another headache factor. So I was excited to put a person under contract. They wanted a five-year contract. Well, I required one, actually. That's commercial, by the way. Commercial goes longer than residential. Residential is usually one year. Commercial, you can go three, five, seven, even 10. So I did a five-year contract. They were happy. We were happy. And as they started going into it, they said, hey, we love this space so much. We don't want to go anywhere. Can we do a 10? Well, I said to myself, that's smart business. This is in 2020. I'm going to do that. And I had an annual increase of, I think I put two or 3%, which is standard. Well, unfortunately, I just had a year over year inflation of 9%. Ah, crap. <laughs> so there's a plus and a minus to having a really long-term contract or being able to change it three to five years. I have one that usually does three years and I have to renew them every three years. Eh. Again, residential is usually every one year. So is there a vacancy factor? That's another thing is how much time is that property spent not being rented? So you might say, I'm getting 3000 bucks a month. I'm so excited. But between someone moving out and someone moving in, there is one or two months. And so you have to take that $3,000, which is usually $36,000 a year, but you'd have to minus that 36,000, 36,000 minus 6,000. If you got two months, so it's like you're getting $2,500 rent. You're not getting three, you're getting 25 because there's a vacancy factor. That's part of headache factor, by the way. But headache factor also is the fact that someone's moving in and moving out. So I just told you, I was like, oh, dang, that 10 year, just the number just got me. But there's also this sweet uh, knowledge of that they're going to be there for 10 years. So which one do you want? You want less headache factor, moving and shaking, trying to get properties uh, in and out. And by the way, you might be the best salesperson in the whole world, but the economy or the market just isn't working at the time that that lease expires. It's just a timing issue. If you can see it coming and what's going on, that's great. In fact, I would say in that headache factor now for advice, if you can say, hey, it's been, I say six months. And again, even on a residential, hey, in six months, you're going to be expiring. What's your intentions? Are you going to be moving? Are you going to be uh, extending? What do you think? And if you're like, oh, I'm not sure we're going to extend. We're just going to see how it goes. Just assume they're going to be getting out. And you want to start marketing that thing, I don't know, 60, 90 days prior to, or have a list of people that you say, hey, by the way, I might have a house coming up. And by the way, if it expires in 12 months, if you have a residential one, if it expires, and those people said, never mind, we want to stay. I'm sure there's laws and considerations of people and those kind of things. But if they didn't extend and you have someone else that's going to come in, pay more, especially. You want to do it appropriately. I'm not saying to ever kick someone out, but that's another thing. So you give, give incentives for people to let you know in advance what's going to be happening. Be open about it. Have a conversation about it. And then just check in. The other thing is that it's so amazing. I, I went, I'm going to say almost two years. That's embarrassing to say, but I got so busy. Let me back up. I used to go around with donuts every other, probably every other month or every third month to the people in the offices, to the people in the plate, to the places that rent. 
And I just say, hey, guys, it's donut day or cookie day or muffin day. Just want to see if anybody needs a donut this morning. I'd come in about 1030. You know, some people are watching my weight. No, thanks. Other people. Wow. Thank you so much. I would check on them and I'd say, how you guys doing? Anything that needs to be fixed? Just going okay for you? Hey, just want to let you know I, I appreciate all you've done. Thanks for being here. I did that for quite a while and created these awesome relationships just from doing that. And I'm very sincere. I'm not saying be insincere. I'm very sincere about it. Well, for two years when I was transitioning, making a transitioning my business, transitioning, um, building another building, some other things, I just didn't. I just didn't have the time. And like three people when it came due all of a sudden left. And I was like, well, what happened? And they're like, well, the heater never got this or I don't like that person's, this noise. I'm like, oh, if I just stopped by like I used to, I could have known those things and had those conversations. Again, I rented them all. I'm good to go. It's not like it was left high and dry, but it's part of the headache factor. It's back to prevention. It's back to maintenance. So one of the things for headache factor now, you know, we've talked about that they are there, but how to solve some of these things or be ahead of them. Man, that one's huge. Take your muffins, take your cookies, take your whatever candy bars, whatever you think is, is a fun treat or a fun thing to drop by. And they know you're coming every once a month, every other month, every six months, whatever. And you just stop in. And even if they're not the person who signed the lease, they're the people telling the people who signed the lease, man, this has been great, or he or she's great, or it's real positive. We sure appreciate how good they are. That will save so much headache just to do that. I found out the hard way. So getting back into the habit, putting it on your calendar. By the way, that's a business principle. Yeah, I should do that. You won't. If it's on your calendar. You put on your calendar that I'm going to go do donut day. And you might include some other things too. Maybe your business, you can drop by and see somebody that you like and say, hey, it's donut day. Just want to stop and say hi. That piece right there will solve so much headache factor because you'll be there at their place of business or their house and you'll be able to just, how you doing? And you're sincerely asking, things going okay? Uh, anything needs to be fixed? Are you cold? You hot? You know, maybe not open up too much for the complainers, but, you know, no, I'm good. I'm good. Okay, well, you a cookie person, a muffin person for next time? Uh, I'm I'm okay. And then maybe a muffin. Great. Write down muffin. So next time you come around. I know that sounds pretty small, but... We're at uh, almost 30 minutes on this podcast. And if you did that alone, you would solve a lot of your headache factor. Because at the end of the day, it's about human relations. It's about human behavior. It's about persons feeling understood and heard. And so if you just stop by and just check. And if someone's being really tough, you need to be tough. But make sure the expectations were there. It was in the contract so that you can always fall back on those things that would hold up in court. That you could say, hey, you know, we we need to move to the next step and have this person move out or or the lease. We're not going to renew the lease or the variables. And again, if it's if someone in a residential property, just having that conversation. Maybe it's every time they drop off their rent, if that's how they do it. You doing okay? Everything's all right? Man, I sure appreciate you guys being there. How you doing? You know, you're looking to buy a new house. Awesome. Excited for you. So you're probably moving out. Okay. Thanks for letting me know. I appreciate it. Don't ever make someone feel like they'd be in trouble or that you'd be disappointed because they'll hide stuff from you. Just have that open dialogue. I just found that to be uh, hugely important. So even though, yes, you're going to be 
stern and you're not going to be like, Hey, it's okay. In the times that their rents aren't due. Cause there's certain things you just like, I don't let that go. I don't let that go, but I am there to listen to you. I hear what's going on. I know what's, how it's happening. And I guess I'll finish with this. I've learned that if someone comes to you with a problem, again, let's say they can't pay their rents. Don't ever say, well, you can skip this month or that's okay. Just pay me when you can. Then that means they'll move on to the next thing in their life. You're like, Hey, we need to get this solved. They'll find a way. They'll find a way you give that person 24, 48 hours and they go to somewhere else, in some situation, they'll find a way. So I'm kind of going back and forth on how to handle that because it's always a balance. It's always a balance, but it's always, you know, well, what do you do when you do this? What do you do when you do that? I think that's bad advice. I think the advice is be consistent. Make sure you have a relationship, a professional relationship, not best friend relationship with, with the tenants that you have. And then they will uh, respect that and, and you'll respect them and they'll know this is a business transaction and that they're grateful for their property. And by the way, if their heat is out, fix it fast. If the roof is leaking, get it fixed. Make sure they feel like you're on top of it. Stop by, see their place of business, see where their house is at, how they're doing. Don't be mad if the house is messy. I mean, if they've got 14 dogs running through, be mad. That's not cool. But hey, people live in their houses. That's fine. Be aware of those things that are going to happen. So headache factor. Yeah, certainly. But make it, you know, a measurable, you know, I I'm good with 20 minutes of, of something, you know, for me, I've got about a two hour a week time frame that I work through. Sometimes it exceeds that. And that's where I go. Uh, and I joke, you know, I'm going to uh, put these on a fire cell. I don't want the headache this week. And, and I know that you just getting through it. I'm fine. Be aware of the headache factor, put it on paper, Talk to someone who's done it before. Have that conversation. Write down all the things you can think about. If it's in a, a marriage or a partnership, who's going to take what responsibility? If it's all you, make sure you put it on your calendar to make sure. Find people you trust to take care of your properties and send them quick texts. By the way, I have friends who take care of the stuff themselves. They want to save that money. Great. If that's what you want to do on your Saturday or evenings, fantastic. That's your choice. But for me, I don't want to. So you want to be able to have, again, relationships. You pay these people enough. They feel it's worth their time. And more importantly than that, or just as important, they feel thanked and valued. So I asked Mike, hey, would you go fix these three things? This is Thursday or Friday of this last week. He spent his weekend fixing all of them, fixed it. We're talking a leaky roof. We're talking a clogged drinking fountain. And he opened any, oh, and that week, earlier in the week, he, uh, open up a doorway for, for somebody who wanted to expand. And he's like, done, done them all. Are you happy? Do you like it? And I was like, it's awesome. I just really appreciate what you do. That is exceptionally valuable. You got to be sincere, but someone hearing that they're valued gigantic. So mathematically put headache factor into your spreadsheet. That two hours is worth how much to you. If it gets exceeded, if you have a a dollar amount on that. And you're like, man, I'm spending this many hours. You need to analyze where you're at. Is this the right tenant? Is this the right property? Do you have the right personality? Should you hire someone out? Do you have the right persons coming to fix it? Is it getting fixed? Right? Be aware that there's a learning curve. There's always a learning curve. Give yourself probably a year to learn that curve. Once you've learned it, 
and you get it dialed in just like any other business or machine or system, once it's dialed in, it is good. So just expect to have some headache factor. If you still are going, this is just not worth my time. If that's the phrase you're using, go through that analysis. If you think that you've gone as, as well as you could, it's probably time to sell. Find another scenario and situation. I myself, going on 23 years of property maintenance, management, ownership, it's worth my time, uh, exceptionally. Uh, again, the fact is, is that once you own a property and gains equity, you can borrow against that property to buy the next one. And someone else pays the payment. After my first one, I really haven't put any of my own money in. That's pretty cool. Other people's money have made me money. That's what I like about it. Can I spend an hour to two hours a week? Yeah. Should I improve my systems and stop by and give donuts more often? Yep. Better put it on my calendar. So headache factor, being honest and sincere and authentic about the situation, you bet. You, you bet there's stuff there that you have to take care of and work through and get fixed and make sure is new so the person isn't worried and, and upset. Nothing worse than that. It's not worth our time. I don't care if you made this much money, you know, put some dollar amount. I made a hundred grand, but you were, people are mad at you and everyone's upset and you're upset. That's not worth it. So there you have it, the headache factor, both on the emotional side and the financial side. And as always, if you want to talk more, go apply to tom.com, 435-654-9979, tstone at guildmortgage.net, because we believe here at Guild Mortgage and in my office, we want you to own what matters. We want you to gain personal wealth through real estate, and you can do it. We can teach you, we can show you, and then you give yourself some years, one to 10, and you'll say, wow, look at that. Look where I'm at. And you have so many more options in life because at the end of the day, I tell people my job is to give people options to make sure they know all of their options so they can make the best decisions for them. Talk soon. Have a good day. This is Dollars and Sensibility, and I'm Tom Stone. Thank you for listening, and thanks for getting real with me. So next step is to answer your questions. Come see me, Guild Mortgage, 435-654-9979 or goapplastom.com.